Hi, this is David Poland with the hot button number 11, is day and date dying? It's another chilly Monday morning in Hollywood in October, and here's the question that box office interested people need to be asking themselves. Can a day and date streaming release to a full market open to more than $36 million? Because even with a $50 million opening of Halloween Kills, we have to take into account the fact that Peacock has fewer than 10 million paying customers. Do they add a million new paying customers, all of whom can cancel in 30 days and never spend more than 10 bucks with Peacock because they wanted to see Halloween Kills? Maybe. Good for them. Does it mean anything to the overall issue of day and date? Nope. The only movie since the May relaunch of theatrical that is open to more than $35 million when as much as 25% of the potential domestic audience has had access to a home option was Black Widow. And Disney's big brag in that was that 3 million of their 50 million or so Disney Plus subscribers paid 30 bucks to see the film at home. But more than 7 million went to see the movie theater, theater, see it in movie theaters in America alone on opening weekend. After that, it's Jungle Cruise right at that $35 million mark with almost 1 million Disney Plus subs kicking in for home access. That's from 3 million down to 1 million. Not exactly the thing that dreams are made of. The Kylar clan, which had its best opening with Godzilla vs. Kong with just $32 million, which is the only title since this day and date finally started with Wonder Woman 1984 to gross $100 million, $100.6 to be precise. 16 million have, 16 movies have been fed to this gaping wound of an idea, and the total domestic gross has been $521 million. $521 million over 16 movies or less than just Joker and It Chapter 2 grossed domestically in 2019. They did $547 million. Eight of the 16 Kylar titles opened under $10 million, three in their teens and three more in their 20s. Meanwhile, three of the five biggest openings of the year have taken place in the last six weekends, the smallest of which was $55 million. So are we into progress, or are we into masochism? And what is this thing about old people? Old people won't go to the movies. Here is the entire list of movies aimed at an older audience that opened domestically on 2,000 or more screens in 2021. Cry Macho, In the Heights, Dear Evan Hansen, Old, Reminiscence, Respect, Those Who Wish Me Dead, The Many Saints of Newark, The Last Duel, Wrath of Man, The Green Knight, Stillwater, Nobody, The Little Things, and The Night House. That's 15 titles total. Six of them were buried in the HBO Max Day and Date program for The Uninspired. Three more were sold as being quite violent or horror-driven. And the other six, two were poorly reviewed musicals. One was a great A24 high art piece. There was a Sundance thriller that Disney did not seem to give Searchlight enough money to market. And there were two Matt Damon movies, one set in France and the other one in the Middle Ages. So let's see some movies in theaters before we write off old people, shall we? I gotta tell you, this day and date streaming thing is really down to its last opportunities to prove itself. If Dune and Matrix 4 can't open over $35 million, we may just have to shut down the internet. Hell, Netflix will have to go out of business, too. It's all over. Hang out gore in the public square. Burn it all down. But seriously, with two and a half months left in 2021, Dune and Matrix 4 are literally the only big screen releases, or the big releases, scheduled to land this year with any kind of day and date gamesmanship. Warner Media has already burnt the Dune Bridge. I really wish everyone involved with that production a lot of luck. But they're opening in a format the director doesn't want, and one that hamstrings the domestic box office possibilities, as we've seen now 16 times in a row. I've seen Dune on the big screen. I'm glad I did. I have a ticket to see it again on the big screen on opening night. I'm horrified by the idea that anybody would see it and judge it on their TV, no matter how big the TV is. Whatever its flaws, it is absolutely a big screen spectacle. 
Studio could still save Matrix Resurrections this indignity. The least successful opening of the first trilogy opened, opened to $48 million. I know I won't watch this one on TV until I've seen it at least twice on a massive screen with great Dolby Atmos sound. But I can only speak for myself. Warner Brothers goes back to the movie business in March and April 2022 with the Batman and Black Adam. And unless there's a new outbreak, the first will open Batman to over $100 million domestic, and the second will likely crack the $50 million opening mark on opening weekend. The less we know about what they are going to be and when they're going to turn up on our TVs, the better for everybody involved. Theatrical is not all the way back. My actual box office analysis is coming up later today uh, for this last weekend. But six weeks ago, I would have said it was about at 70%. Now maybe it's more like 80%, but there's a long way to go. And a big part of that is going to be content and the density of titles being released and holes that last longer than two weekends, all of which are kind of looking promising. Streaming is still easily the most powerful cultural and populist delivery system because it's television, dummy. People have that TV on or some tool for watching TV. They have it on six to ten hours a day. The process and effort of going to the movies is something else completely. There are good and bad, argument, good and bad arguments to be made about what should get a theatrical release, what should go directly onto whatever service, and all the many variations in between the two. Understand that when it comes to the content delivery managers, it's always about the money. Always. Smile and say it's about art, and it absolutely is for some people on the food chain, but not for the people who own everything. It is absolutely true that a flop in its third week in a movie theater is as useless as whatever farm animal joke you want to put here. You deal with PETA, but I get it. Third week of a flop is no fun. And one of the good things that's happened over the COVID journey, <coughs> I can't believe I said that, is that the content companies were challenged to reconsider the value of content that was sitting around or was almost complete and to make serious choices. But this whole streaming must replace theatrical thing was delusional from minute one. It was a penthouse letter for middle-aged people who don't want to spend the energy or the focus going to the movies anymore. They can have that same experience sitting on their couches without putting up, putting on any outside clothing or shaving. The content would just sidle up behind them and give them the best show of their lives. Ooh, baby. Bzz, wake up. I love my couch and I love streamers too. But some things are a different experience to be had. Some things demand the dark room and the discomfort of people being around you and sharing something. It will come to your couch and please you between pee and popcorn breaks and the Postmate delivery and wondering whether your new email came through. It'll all happen soon enough for you. Back to the money. The top 42 movies in 2019, the last pre-pandemic year, each grossing over $200 million worldwide each, generated $25 billion in ticket sales worldwide, returning $12 billion or so to the distributors who put the movies out. Squid Game, on the other hand, is being valued by Netflix at $891 million in, quote-unquote, impact value. So what is the impact value of $25 billion in individual tickets sold worldwide for nearly the individual price of a month of Netflix? What is the cash value of the Squid Game? And the will there be enough Squid Games to add up to $12 billion, which, by the way, is only 63% of the total box office rentals. This is not a leading or facetious question. This is the question that will guide the next decade of the film and television industry. I know that the media is having a hard time changing focus, but it's time to do it. As I wrote, there's a ton of detail work to be done. For instance, the likely loss of broad interest in spending 20 to $30 a movie for home viewing seems much more clear than the potential abandonment of the theatrical experience. 
but the onus should no longer be on can theater survive so much as will shoving theatrical level movies onto streaming services as fast as possible work financially? I think you probably know my best guess until later.